There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. Hello, and welcome to episode number 209 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm so excited to be connecting with you this week. And if you're new to the show, a big warm welcome to you. I recommend taking a dip back into the archives and listening to any episodes that resonate with you. You can also head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And there I've curated a list of popular episodes and episodes that are good to start with. Plus, we have a search bar there where you can type in your topic or your question and episodes will populate that are relevant to that. So you can create your own little curated playlist. And of course, you're more than welcome to do that if you've been listening for a while. And whether you are new to the show or old to the show, I would be so grateful if you took a moment to leave a rating or review if this show has ever helped you in big or small ways. It really does mean the world to me and it really helps to grow the show organically. So I so appreciate your support and helping me do that. All you have to do is scroll down. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, look for some stars, tap the stars. And then if you have an extra moment, tap the phrase, write a review, and there a little box will pop up and you can write your quick review. I read every single one of them and they really mean the world to me. And I love to know what you like about the show so that I can do more of that. And if you don't listen on the Apple podcast, you can definitely leave a review on Stitcher or wherever you listen. It really does help wherever you are. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Today on the show, we are talking all about dating breaks. 
I think dating breaks are a really powerful tool for healing some core wounds and shifting your dating patterns. And in fact, it's one of the first questions I get from new clients. They will often ask me, well, Veronica, should I keep dating or should I take a break while we're doing this work together? And I'm going to go over some criteria in just a moment that will help you determine if a dating break is right for you. However, I generally think dating breaks are so powerful because they really allow you some separation from the thing that's triggering you, right? So you are attracting a certain type of person or a certain type of relationship because it's playing out some old thing, right? It's filling a void or it's playing out an old pattern or whatever it is. And so if this void gets left unfilled or this pattern or habit that you've learned from childhood keeps playing out over and over and over again, because that's what you know, that's the only way you know how to be, then when you go out and date, it's just like it's getting re-triggered every single time. It's like you're trying to heal a wound on your arm, except that you keep like pulling it open so it can't actually heal. So a dating break can allow you to create some separation from the thing that's creating the pain from the trigger so that you can do the deeper work and really focus on healing core wounds and focus on doing that inner child work, remothering, all that kind of stuff, so that when you do go back out into the world, you're not as likely to get triggered as much because that thing that was bothering you from before, it's been healed. So the first thing is if dating is exhausting. So if it just feels like it drains your energy or you just look for excuses to not go out and date, then give yourself permission to actually take a break and really get clear on what is it that's actually draining you. If dating feels that exhausting and that draining, then either A, you're probably going on too many dates and trying to balance too many things at one time, or you're more into people pleasing and it just feels exhausting to always be putting on a mask or always to be giving, giving, giving and never getting back. Either way, there's something else going on. And so if dating is exhausting, that's going to be a really good sign to take a break and figure out what's the thing that's really going on underneath so you can heal that. The second thing to know is if you absolutely hate it or if you just feel triggered constantly. So if you go on a date with someone, let's say, and for whatever reason, it doesn't work out or he goes to you or whatever, look, things happen and that doesn't mean you're not supposed to not feel sad if something like that happens. But if it just really sends you through a tailspin and just really crushes your self-worth and your confidence then that would be an example of being triggered. And if you just feel like that's what your dating experience is like most of the time, then that's a really big sign that there's something else going on. It's not really about the person who's ghosting you or it's not really about the person who isn't into you. It's about something else. And that's a sign that it might be wise to take a break and figure out what that thing is so you can heal it. And another big indicator that a dating break might be a good idea is if you have been attracting the same kind of person or situation over and over again, that's a huge, huge sign that you are playing out some older thing. And it's going to be really, really hard to heal that when you are actively dating, because it's just going to, like I said earlier, it's just going to keep reopening that wound over and over and over again. Now, this list is not exhaustive. You might want to take a dating break for a completely different reason, and that's okay too. And this brings me to my guest today, Casey Main, who wrote the book, I gave up men for Lent. So pretty clear, she gave up men for Lent for 40 days and is here to share about what she learned and how she grew. And honestly, her transformation is pretty remarkable and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So we're gonna get right into the conversation because I'm just gonna let her take it away. But before we get there, I wanted to remind you I'm enrolling for the Love Incubator right now. It's the only group of the incubator I'm running this year and the next one likely won't be until spring 2021. 
This round of the incubator is four months instead of the regular six, so it actually makes it more financially accessible. So if you have not been able to do it in the past because of finances, this is definitely a great opportunity to do so. If you want to work closely with me this spring and summer to totally transform your love life and really how you show up in the world, now is your time. The incubator is the best of both worlds, in my opinion. You get one-on-one time with me so that we can really dive in deep and do some deep inner child work, and you'll be part of a small group of women for connection and helping you to feel not so alone, which can be so healing in and of itself. So if you're interested, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. There I've got all the details, including how to book an incubator exploratory call with me. You have no obligation to sign on if you have this call with me, but it is required to join the incubator so that together we can decide if the love incubator is the next right step for you. So again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator to learn more and to sign up for an exploratory call with me. All right. And without further ado, let's get to today's interview. Hi, Casey. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. I'm really excited that you're here and I'm a huge fan of dating breaks. I know it's not necessarily for Lent, but I'm always talking about dating breaks on the show and with my clients. And so I love that you're going to be here and give us a real world example of what can happen when you give up men for Lent or for any other reason. the calendar. So tell me a little bit, and also just for those who don't know, because obviously I know what Lent is, but I'm Jewish. And so I'm like, okay, Lent, that's before Easter. So it's the 40 days before Easter. And I guess typically people give up something to like almost like a kind of like a sacrifice kind of thing. Yeah. And so this is where, um, and just like full disclosure, I'm not extremely religious and I, I was raised Catholic, but I'm a terrible Catholic and have been for a long time. I would say at this point in my life, I'm more spiritual than religious, but I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school, all that stuff. And so I should know everything about what Lent is, but I actually didn't. And when I first started doing interviews for the book, I'm like, oh man, I need to figure out what Lent is. So yeah, it's the 40 days before Easter, which I guess represents the 40 days Jesus spent alone in the desert or something. And so typically people give stuff up. I think ironically, it is supposed to be this time of a little bit more like self-reflection and introspection and kind of focus on what's important. I never really knew that growing up. I would just give up, you know, soda or give up sweets or because I can be a pretty competitive person. So I like the challenge of doing something for 40 days. So even though I haven't been the greatest Catholic over the years, I've typically taken that excuse of Lent to try and challenge myself, like giving something up for 40 days. I like that. I like that. So, okay, we're going to talk about what happened during Lent for you. But before that, what was dating and relationships and your love life and life really? What was that all like for you? Uh, okay. So relationship-wise, it was a mess leading up to that decision, which is what prompted that decision. But you know, I had some experiences that were typical. Like I had my first love in high school and fell head over heels for him. That kind of dragged into college a little bit. I thought it would you know, be the one as you tend to do when you're that young. And then that didn't end up being the case. He married somebody else and all that stuff. And and I I don't know, I just I never had a lot of success meeting people when I was in my early to mid 20s and I was very much like a party girl. So I wasn't in the greatest scene to meet people. Like I was at the bars like drinking a lot. And not that there's anything wrong with that. That was the chapter of my life and I had a blast, but I wasn't, you know, that can be rough in terms of meeting people to actually be in a relationship with. And mid 
late twenties is when I just really went downhill and I got into a couple different relationships we'll call them love triangles. So I was not the only um, woman in the picture. And so that was really the low point of my dating life. And then I kind of bounced back a little bit from that thought, you know, I met somebody great, actually moved for him, moved back home here to Jacksonville for him. That fell apart. And I just, it's like, I started to notice this pattern of almost like obsessing over finding a relationship and dating and needing to meet somebody, especially as I got into like my early thirties. So it's like I had always been technically a strong and confident and independent woman. Like that's what you would think had you met me at any point in time in my life. But internally, I had this like need to be in a relationship, which I think is common for women. We kind of grow up with this notion of, oh, well, you know, you get married and have babies and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yes, we do. But I don't know. I think that all that pressure can sometimes put us in a negative mindset, like when approaching that. So I, I was approaching all dating and relationship from this like lack place of need. And when you approach a relationship from need, it's like, I would always lose myself because I wanted to be who they wanted me to be because I just really wanted it to work because I had to, you know, check all the boxes. And so they just, they weren't great relationships because I was really never showing up as me. So on the outside, I looked like I had a great life. I had a great job, good friends, cute apartment, happy, social, all this stuff. But internally, I was like just needy and freaking out when it came to relationships. Yeah. I'm pretty sure just about every woman listening to this is like, yep, me too. too. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely a large sect of the women who listen to this podcast, including myself for sure too. So on my podcast, I talk a lot about inner child work and working with the inner child as a way to look at our patterns because nothing is by chance like people people pleasers or whatever like that's all developed through various life experiences so I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here but how do you think your inner child or the things that you learned growing up or relationships you had with your parents or any siblings or whatever might have affected like this need to have a relationship as an adult yeah, I, I love that question. I've done a lot of analyzing on that topic. And I don't know because I'm not educated in this. I'm not a therapist. And I, for some reason, have never been to therapy. But I was a middle child. So I think that that definitely played a part in it. And there might be more things to that. But like my childhood was great. My parents are still together. You know, we had a very close, loving family. I think. I don't know what it is or at what point I developed this need to people please, but also need to be accepted. So like I wanted to be cool and I wanted to be popular. And so then that drove a lot of my decisions in terms of getting into the kind of drinking party life, which now later in life, I'm like, "Hmm, I wonder how much that was really me or I was just kind of going along. But my only answer to that is that I was a middle child, but I've since tried to stop I think it's important to understand why we are the way we are, but also at some point in time, it's like, okay, well, this is just how I am. So now what do I do with it? So I think I went through a long time trying to figure out why. And a lot of the book kind of looks at that, but now I'm more in a place of, all right, well, this is the way I am for whatever reason. And so now trying to fix or change all of that. Totally. Totally. And I think it's a huge difference between something like therapy and coaching. This is broadly generalized, just depending on who the therapist and who the coach is, but you know, hanging out in the past and looking back, I think it's really helpful just to get an understanding and clarity and like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm actually doing this for good reason, or there is a reason. And then it's like, okay, now they understand this, then you can use that to 
actually change things in the future or in the present, really, which will change the future. I love that. So was there a specific incident or like, was it just like the straw on the camel's back that prompted, okay, I'm going to give up men? Like, how did you come to that decision? Oh, yeah, there there definitely was a specific incident. So like I said, in my like mid to late 20s, I, I had this brief theme of being the other woman, which I'm not proud of. And I had carried a lot of guilt and regret in terms of that for years. And so then I was in my early 30s, I recognized this pattern of when a guy showed any interest in me, I immediately started almost talking myself into being interested in them and kind of daydreaming about how this could be the start of this great relationship. And I like never stopped to think, hold on, am I actually into this person or it just feels good to be wanted by them? Like I never stopped to think like, well, what do I actually want? So it's like I was aware of that and then it just kept happening. So the incident that happened is I was out kind of drinking and bar hopping with a guy friend of mine and we were always just friends. He had a girlfriend. She's super nice. I knew her and we ended up getting drunk and making out. And the next day I was just like, Casey, like seriously, come on. Like what is with the situation of, you know, being in this triangle. But then what's worse is like the next couple of days, I caught my mind doing the same thing of, well, hold on, like maybe actually he is the one. And then I, I just started to try and talk myself into all that. And I just got to this point where I'm like, oh, it's like, I'm aware of this pattern and I can't change it. So I just need space from all of it. Like I just needed a break. Cause I felt like that was, that was my only other option. Cause knowing that that was my pattern wasn't enough for me to be able to break it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awareness is important, but it's only the first step. Yep. So what happened then when you decided to give up men for Lent? So I didn't, um, I guess, still in my mindset of how I appear to others, I didn't want to seem like this super jaded girl that gave up men for Lent. So (laughs) I added in a couple other things, uh, social media, sweets, because I had some like fitness goals and hard liquor. So I would still drink beer and wine, but I just gave up. I was kind of a a vodka girl and shots and all that is where you just, if you're out drinking, that's where things will like go downhill. So I I said publicly, like I've given up all the double-edged swords in my life, things that caused me both pleasure and pain. And what I had did not at all realize at the time, but now is like super clear is all of those things were really just distractions for me that kept me focus on like the external instead of ever going internal and like reflecting on my life, reflecting on past relationships, really thinking through the role that I played in them. And usually that role was allowing other people's opinion to rule over what felt right for me. So stemming from where I chose to go to college, to different jobs I took, and then in relationships, always, like I said, losing myself, I just was constantly kind of folding to other people instead of ever standing in my own truth, as they say. And I think I I had to remove all those distractions to ever have that quiet time to go inside. And, and I think that's a big issue for a lot of us because we're so busy these days and with our phones and social media and all this stuff, it's hard to find quiet time to really think and check in with yourself to be like, hold on, am I happy? Like, is this where I want to be? Like we were talking about earlier, how did I get here? Like try and understand how you got to those points if you're not real happy. And then what do you want to change about it? And that's a, a whole other journey in itself. But it really ended up being this time of almost like reconnecting 
to who I am as a person or really realizing that there was a version of me that felt truer that didn't exist in the world because I had just like shoved her to the side decision after decision and relationship after relationship. I love that. And that reminds me a lot of what I say on the podcast and and elsewhere. I went on a journey to come back to me and along the way I met my husband. Like you do this work and it can't be just about dating or meeting your partner or whatever, because then it's ultimately about someone else and not about you. It has to be about you. Yes. Oh, I love that. So I'm big on intention and like the power behind our true intention, like our true reason for doing things. And I mean, I think every single girl at some point in time has heard the advice, oh, we'll just focus on you and that's when you'll meet him. And so I would do that. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, get more pedicures and like take a bath and you focus on me and go to the gym more or whatever. But the intention behind that wasn't really on me. It's like the intention behind that was still on finding somebody else. And for me, it wasn't until I actually reached this place of eliminating the need to be in a relationship and really being like, I don't need to be with somebody. I don't need to get married. I don't need to have children. Not that I don't want those things, but I don't need it. Like I will be fine on my own. And And there's like such subtle differences in your mindset if you say those things. There's kind of the, oh, woe is me. Like you're settling like, oh, I don't need anybody. Or there's like the jaded negative, like F that, I don't need a man. And I think you really have to get to this solid foundation within yourself of really, you know, it's self-love and all that stuff, accepting who you are and loving who you are and being enough for yourself. Only then was I in a healthy place to be in a relationship that then would turn out to be a healthy relationship where I could show up as me. So did all of that personal transformation happen within those 40 days? No, just the beginning of it happened in those 40 days. The 40 days was really, I guess, like we said, that that first step of awareness Yeah, where I, for the first time, started asking myself a bunch of questions. And so I think that is what is most relatable to people in the book is I'm not telling anyone what to do. I'm not giving any advice. I didn't know. It's really more... I'm sharing all these questions I asked myself, which are questions I think a lot of us ask ourselves in those kind of quiet moments before it gets uncomfortable. And then we pick up our phone and scroll through Instagram. So it was just kind of that realization of, oh man, I'm completely disconnected from who I am. And there is a relationship that I have with myself, which I've completely neglected because I've been so focused on every other relationship, mostly like finding one with a romantic partner. And and then after that, then it it almost got more difficult because then it's like, all right, well, now you got to make the changes in your life. And that sometimes is hard. It's hard for yourself. And then it's hard for other people in your life to kind of see you change or, or grow. Hey, women, I wanted to jump in here real quick to let you know that I've opened up the doors to the Love Incubator 2020, which is my one-on-one coaching program with a small group element. I will not be running another group until at least spring 2021. So if you're desiring deep transformation with me and your love life in a one-on-one setting, this is your best opportunity. The Love Incubator is a four-month journey and immersion for women who are ready to dig deep and to discover the art of finding love in a lasting equal partnership in their life. And the Love Incubator, you'll have one-on-one coaching calls with me each month. Plus, we'll have a monthly group check-in call where we can assess your growth and you can connect with other like-minded women who are on the same path as you. Plus, continuous in-between session support. No longer will you feel like you're alone or like you're the only crazy one. And there's so much healing just from that. 
So if you're ready to dig deep, grow massively, and have me hold your hand throughout the process, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator to learn more about the program and to schedule an incubator exploratory session so that we can get on the phone and chat to see if the love incubator is the right fit for you. Again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. All right, now back to the show. So I know now that you're like really into healthy lifestyle and you, I think you said you get up as early to go to the gym as you were stumbling home (laughs) earlier in your life. And obviously, okay, I know that all didn't happen in 40 days, but paint us a picture of what that journey looked like. Cause I know some women, not, I mean, not everyone listening can necessarily relate to being a party girl, although maybe some can listening, but I know a lot will be able to relate to, well, I was attracting this kind of person or I was a people pleaser or I'm a people pleaser. I'm in this kind of situation and they want to be able to get to the other side. So what was that process like for you beyond just the 40 days and also like a timeline? I know like your timeline's not someone else's timeline, but sometimes I know that can feel like it's just years and years and years and years away, but yeah, right. So I wrote the book in Lent of 2017. So two years ago is the Lent that I actually gave up men. And so now two years later, I would say I'm in the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Um, We've been together just over a year now. And I was always into like health and fitness. It was more, I don't know, that's just, I've kind of always been this person of like opposite. So it's like, I would go out and party and then be like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. But you know, (laughs) one extreme or the other. (laughs) So like we said, awareness is the first step. And then once you become aware of your tendencies of like when you're not being true to who you really are and when you're doing something for somebody else, it's like this, it's just, it's like this slow process of realizing when you're doing that throughout just every day. And sometimes you catch it after the fact, and then slowly you start to be able to catch it while it's happening and you can stop yourself. And really it was that for me. And so one of the things that was a big change I made in my life was the kind of party girl atmosphere and realizing that I didn't love my relationship with alcohol. And it was really just something that I thought was very normal because that had always been kind of part of my life and the scene in the world that I was in was like, oh, well, yeah, you have a drink with dinner and you have a drink here. And and not that I or or any of my family or friends have a legit problem by any means, but it was just recognizing more, okay, what do I do because I've always done it? And it's because what everybody else does versus what actually feels right for me. So I kind of just started asking that question in every single area of my life. So after Lent, I actually, I quit drinking. I made it about nine months because I just wanted to know that every time I had a drink, it was because I actually wanted one, not because it's just what everybody was doing. So that was a big change. And then I did go back into the dating world a little bit but I caught myself in those same patterns of, I guess, codependency. So my mood totally depended on their mood. I would overanalyze what they were saying in text messages. I would overanalyze what I was responding because I wanted to, it was like, I wanted to craft things in a way to get a certain response back from them. So none of that is being true to just who you are, because when you're okay with who you are, And I think this is what helps attract like the right people, or at least further a relationship with the right person. Like if I'm changing the way I'm communicating because I'm trying to get a certain response out of you, that's not the same as just 
being who I am, kind of setting my own boundaries. And then if you don't fit within those boundaries, letting you go and being okay with that, like you just kind of remove that need. And that was probably another year of that work before I then got back into the dating world and had a healthy relationship for the first time in a long time. And even then the work didn't stop because, you know, then you're in a relationship and that person is going to trigger stuff in you that maybe is valid in that moment, or maybe is just stemming from something in the past. So the first guy I dated for like kind of the first legit relationship, I would catch myself getting upset about stuff that didn't have anything to do with him. It was from relationships and baggage from the past. And so then it's like, I'm punishing him for stuff other men did years ago. And so recognizing that and then working through all that, it's just, it's a lot of self work and it starts with awareness and then kind of continues with catching yourself and being patient with yourself and like kind to yourself, but ultimately coming around to like owning every decision you make and recognizing when they're not the great ones and be like, Oh, oops, I kind of effed up that time, but I'll try it again next time. Right. So it was not a linear path is what you're saying. No. Oh gosh. No, it was, it made every turn. It still continues to turn. It looks like it's going backwards sometimes, but I've just started to believe it's always moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's really important and something I just want to emphasize to everyone listening because sometimes, you know, I get messages or even working with clients and they've made all this progress or felt all this awareness or whatever it is. And then you know, whatever happens, like they get into an old situation or like an ex comes back and it's like the same old thing. And it's like, maybe there's just something else there for you to learn. Exactly. And compassion, I think is so underrated, but you can do, you know, all the things you can do everything that I ever mentioned on this podcast or any other podcast or what they, you know, tell you to do or whatever. But if you're an asshole to yourself during this process, like it's just not going to fly. Nothing's really Yeah. And I think that was an important thing for me to realize is to not be an asshole to myself in the sense of understanding everyone's path is different. Like comparing yourself to anybody is just unnecessary mental torture. And to be okay and to see every situation I get in, even if it looks like I'm moving backwards, like you said, there's a lesson here. Like I've I've shifted my mindset that it's like I look at everything like there's a lesson here. So when things don't go the way I want them to or things look really bad, or even if I'm having a down day, like rather than think of all these reasons to like beat myself up, it's kind of like, okay, there's something to understand about yourself here. So I kind of, I turn everything back to me. Like it's never about other people. It's always about me and how I feel and how I'm allowing other people to make me feel. Totally, totally. So I know one thing that comes up a lot with women listening who are taking a dating break or thinking about taking a dating break. And I know everyone's different. There's no right answer, but I'm just curious to hear from you. How did you know you were quote unquote ready to start dating again or getting back into your love life? Well, let's see. After the 40 days, I had an ex re-enter the picture, of course. And it was in retrograde or something. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I went back down that road probably for longer than I should. And then the similar pattern between me and that ex happened. And so it was kind of this wake up moment of, ah, Casey, okay, here we go again. Like, and so it is, it is, we don't ever just all of a sudden learn something or know something. It is always, I've realized a very slow, gradual process. And so then after that, 
I stayed in my same pattern probably for almost a year, even after the Lent. But at least this time I was aware of it every time, or maybe not in the moment, but soon thereafter. And I had a different mindset about it. So in the past, I kind of took that victim mentality of like, oh, this always happens to me. He always does this, or I always attract these kinds of guys like, oh, like, woe is me. Whereas now I was like, okay, what can I learn from this? Where were the red flags that I didn't see? Where did I choose to not be myself, but instead try and be who he wanted me to be? Even in little things of like text messages or things I said or held back from saying. So it's like, almost doing like Monday morning quarterbacking every then kind of episode of my negative pattern to learn from it instead of just stay in it. So tell us about the book because you wrote a book about this. Yes. So the book really chronicles uh, the 40, which I've learned actually, it's more than 40 days. It was like 46 days of Lent, which I did not know that going into it. (laughs) And it reads very much like a journal, but there are a lot of chapters where I look back and then tell stories of past relationships or experiences with family to help understand kind of some context and backstory of like how I got to be how I am. But it really, it started out as a journal and I just felt like I'm going through some kind of change. Like I just knew it. And so I committed, I'm like, I've, I had always wanted to write a book. I had not been writing in my life at all. And so it's like, I had gotten very far off track from had you asked 10-year-old Casey, you know, who she wanted to be when she grew up, she would have painted a very different picture than who 32-year-old Casey was. Like I had always loved to write. I'd wanted to write a book. I had wanted to be a child psychologist, like get into something with psychology. At 32, at the time that I wrote the book, I was the operations manager for a commercial construction company. So like I was just way off, but like, that's what happens. You know, you get a job and then you get a promotion and then you, you know, you just kind of get on this career track and you never stop and think, is this really what I want? Or everything just seems like the natural next step of quote unquote success as it is defined by society. So I go through all of that and I just start to ask myself a bunch of questions and it ends a little bit of a cliffhanger. Um, So I do plan to write another book. So if anybody who reads it and ends being like, what the F? Like I will, I will write another one to, um, (laughs) to update some of those stories. But really it's a story of, of like you said, kind of coming back around to yourself and I'm very vulnerable in it. I say a lot of things that I think a lot of people maybe think, but don't say. And so that a lot of the feedback I get is that they just, they felt less alone being like, oh, thank God, I'm not the only one who thought this or questioned this. And I just really believe. Can you give us one example of that? Just a little teaser so people will go by the book. Oh, so being the other woman, I've realized there's a lot more people who have experienced that as well, but probably the losing yourself in a relationship and not wanting to admit that even to yourself, if you kind of have this personality of being a a confident person. Yeah. And then I don't get into a lot of the drinking stuff in the book. I allude to it a couple times. So I've had a lot of people reach out to me about that to be like, I've questioned, you know, why I drink as well and, and why it's part of my life. And so I would say, yeah, the most vulnerable parts is kind of admitting that you're needy, being the other woman, and then really questioning your, your drinking habits. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think it's really hard to heal in silence because it creates so much suffering because there's things that happen to us and they can create pain and they can be awful things. But I think what makes it so hard is the suffering, which is the story you tell yourself about all of these things. So like if you think, 
you know, if these things happen to you, you're in these situations, like, okay, fine, that's painful. But what's even more painful is thinking, I'm such a loser. How could I do this? I'm smart. How could I find myself in the situation? It is so hard to get where you want to go when that's constantly going through your head. So I so appreciate you writing this book so that people can read it and be like, oh, thank goodness. And like such a platform or, you know, springboard to be able to move forward. Yeah. And I think an important part of it too is, it's especially difficult when you have a a great life. Like if you're not suffering from any kind of major childhood trauma, like I had a great childhood. If you don't have any, you know, serious issues you're dealing with, like I didn't have anxiety, depression. I wasn't dealing with anything that I would consider something to actually like suffer from. So it's like you just downgrade your own suffering because like you're comparing it to well what other people are going through. And so you think you're telling yourself, you should be happy. Why aren't you happy? Like you should be happy. You've got this, you've got this, you've got this. And that isn't validating your own feelings. So kind of going back to compassion, like we've got to start validating our own feelings. If we're not feeling happy, there's something there that doesn't mean we necessarily have a quote unquote bad life, but there's something there, like there's insight there. And it's worth giving yourself the time to dig into that. And, and maybe it will, kind of surface some big changes you want to make in your life. Maybe you've been in a relationship for a long time, but you're not actually happy and getting out of it is going to take a lot of change and a lot of courage. Or maybe you've realized that you let your friends and your family completely overstep in their opinions on your life. And you listen to that. You've got to set some boundaries. Like It might involve big changes, but it might just be little things you can do to make yourself happier, but just learning to listen to that voice inside of us that is telling us something, but we tend to stifle for like a myriad of reasons. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And can you tell everyone where they can buy the book and also remind us of the title again? I don't think we've mentioned it. In this yeah, absolutely. The full title is a little bit of a mouthful. It's I Gave Up Men for Lent, the story of a jaded, hopelessly romantic, health-conscious party girl search for meaning. And it is on Amazon, Kindle, and Audible. I read the audio version. So you can find it on Amazon. Um, links to everything on my website, caseymain.com. And yeah, follow me on the socials. I'd, I'd love to hear from people. Awesome. And what's your... Are you Instagram, Facebook? What's your... What's I'm technically your? on all of them. I'm probably the best at Instagram, although I am on Facebook. It's all Casey Main writes. So W-R-I-T-E-S. Okay. Yeah. And we'll have all of those links in the show notes for everyone to get the book and connect with Casey on our website and on Instagram and wherever else you are. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming onto the show. I so appreciate your book and this conversation. And I'm just so excited for my audience. Listen, I think it's going to feel very, very relatable to them. So I hope it makes their day. I hope so too. Thank you. If you're desiring deep transformation and growth with me, now is your time. I've opened up the doors to the Love Incubator 2020, which is my one-on-one coaching program with a small group element. I will not be running another group until at least spring 2021. So if you're desiring deep transformation with me in your love life in a one-on-one setting, this is your opportunity. If this is you, I would love to support you inside the Love Incubator container, which includes private and group coaching, plus a private WhatsApp group for support around the clock. 
So if you're ready to dig deep, grow massively, and have me hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator to learn more about the program and to schedule an incubator exploratory call so that we can hop on the phone and together determine if it's the next right step for you. Again, that's veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.